0: Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast that explores the intersection of faith and culture. I'm Adam Griffin and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Miss Elizabeth Woodson and Mr. Adam Hawkins. Guys, I'm so glad to be back with you guys. Elizabeth, how was your summer?
1: It was the same as the spring. <laughs> no, summer was good. Summer was quiet. So I got a chance to just take advantage of being inside. So I got some creative projects done and working on some stuff. So it was actually
0: as good as it could be considering all the things. Adam, did you guys get out of the house at all this summer?
2: I, yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember. The days bleed together. It's, yeah. That's all I'll say.
0: <laughs> well, I sure missed you guys. It's great to be back together and apart. Uh, we are still not all in the same place. Tonight, we're just going to be catching up about some of the stuff that's happened over the last few months. We're going to talk about the return of sports, a little bit about uh, losing a man that was not only famous, but a really good man from all accounts. And then we'll uh, kind of close out with the latest of what's going on with COVID 19. So, looking forward to catching up with you guys. Adam, Elizabeth, here we go. Well, Adam Elizabeth, Culture Matters is back. I'm looking forward to this season. There's certainly a lot of uh, difficult stuff going on in our culture right now. There's a lot of hot-button issues. We even had an off-air talk right before this episode just about how this season is going to lead us into some stuff that is going to be divisive, potentially difficult. Uh, But tonight, I just want to hear a little bit from you guys. Just what has anything changed for you guys over the last few months? You know, last time we got to talk... Man, we were still in quarantine. Uh, church was not meeting. Um, how are things at the village? How are things at uh, Citizens Church? And how are things with the Hawkins family and Elizabeth? How, how is it just isolation? Or are you out and about?
1: Um, for me, <laughs> I was going to say, how things with the Woodson family of one? Sorry, <laughs> I, sorry yeah, I think it's funny. Um, <laughs> it has been, you know, it's just... Today I was thinking about, um, it's weird and sad sometimes, you know, I think I found a rhythm, you know, so I meet with a small group of people and friends and I see family. Um, and so I know we'll talk about this a later too, but just, it's just every so often it just hits me about how different life is and how it's not going back. Um, but in the midst of that, uh, it's been good as a, as a single to find kind of a rhythm and, to find those small communities of people. And and Dallas has opened up a little bit. And so, you know, being able to go to a restaurant or to go just outside, White Rock Lake, I've done that a couple of times and just gotten outside. So that's just been really good. Um, And then, you know, being able to visit family members has been really good for my soul. Um, And then at at TVC, we are preparing to go back um, on the 27th. And so, you know, that's been a dance we've done with a lot of other churches. Um, That's September 27th uh of when to go back and how to do that but but our leadership has done a really great job i think of trying to um walk in an area that's complicated and so how do we keep everybody safe but also honor those who just want to come back and gather because i love the stream i love what we're able to do but it's just not the same um and so we're gonna walk through that as a church in the next coming week so it's good i would say all
0: all in all bottom line it's been good yeah have you guys, I'm assuming Zoom meetings have been staff meetings. You guys are not all back in the office yet either. Oh, yeah. We're, we're Zoom. We we
1: haven't had any really large in-person gatherings as a staff.
0: Um, hmm. And so... It's crazy. When we left, you know, at the end of the, the spring and took the summer break, I kind of assumed, you know, we'd be back in the studio back in the fall and i guess maybe just was a little bit too optimistic we'll talk more about covid-19 here in a second but adam how are things at citizens how are how are things in the hawkins home
2: yeah you know i think um i think 2020 has been a really hard year and um we, we finished citizens church i guess i'll blend the personal and familial but citizens church just sort of celebrated its year um it, this weekend we'll celebrate our year of being open, you know, our year from our, com- our commissioning service. And it's just been a, a, um, a difficult year. Uh, you know, the COVID crisis has certainly been one, but there are others. And um, I think personally, home is just such a refuge for me. So home has been great. I've really loved being with my kids and being at home, but there's been challenges to school and all those things as well. And, um, what I real what I'm realizing and um, I got to tell the staff this a bit today is um, all the things that I hope to become and want to be, God is using all of this suffering and difficulty to shape me into that person. and so I'm just trying to keep the God's eye view of of the suffering of, of suffering um, and, uh, that's been really helpful. Um, It's been really helpful to sort of meditate on his goodness in the midst of what has been a a super difficult season. Citizens has been open for a little while now. Uh, In July, we started meeting again and it's been really beautiful. And um, we'll, this weekend um, we will have open our kids ministry back up. Um, And uh, you know, uh, we were talking a little bit earlier off air, but you know, Um, the extreme points of view are always the loudest ones. That's what I'll say. And so it's been really difficult to navigate, but our commitment has been to try to make wise decisions that um, wise decisions in the midst of a lot of complexity. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. There's no, I mean, you're right. And there's no church out there that we could point to and go, you know who's doing it exactly right is that church. If only our church was that church. And the same way, there's no leader out there. I mean, all, both of you guys are leaders and there's no leader mm. out there that we'd say, you know what, Elizabeth, if you were just more like that lady or Adam, if you're just more like that fella, then, mm. then we'd be navigating this better. Man, there's just not a lot of perfect answers. In And what's funny is, you know, we talk so often with people about freedom and freedom in Christ to make certain decisions And it has been a season of making a lot of decisions for which there is no like scriptural basis of the exact right plan. There's a lot of freedom in Christ to try to follow what you believe is wise. And then there's a lot of debate about whether or not that was the right answer or not. It can be difficult. And at the same time, I don't want to say, hey, you know, what's the hardest job in the world is being a pastor. You know, there's there's a lot of fields out there for whom this season has been exceptionally difficult, for whom leadership has been really, really hard. And I think about too, how many teachers and parents over this last couple of weeks, over these last few months, man, that's been really, really hard. And then how many singles like Elizabeth has talked about too, man, these last few months have been really, really hard or my wife is in the medical field. And the fact that you can only have one visitor right now has been really difficult for some people are there. Um, what we would consider uh, procedures that were not emergencies that have been put off. Some people's healthcare, it's been really, really hard. And so it's interesting to see an entire culture recognize a new version of suffering. And we can talk about this here in a little bit, but I just wonder how much of the lessons we're learning right now about what it means to be, um, separated or what it means to be to have all the time that you didn't used to have, the time that you wanted, that you begged for, that now that you've got, whether or not you really did anything worthwhile with it, or did we waste away the last few months, or will there be lessons that stick with us? Well, certainly a lot is changing in the country around us. I mean, things are starting to come back on a little bit. One of the things that's come back is sports. There's some sports that are reopening. The NFL uh, is reopening college football to a degree, is reopening NHL, NBA. My first question to you guys is, have you noticed? (laughs) Have you even noticed that sports back? Elizabeth, have you noticed that sports are back? I will
1: give my comment so Adam Hawkins can have much of a longer discussion. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the the little bit about the people in the air quote people in the stands that they have yeah. because um, some are choosing not to open it up to the public but to play just for the cameras. Um, and so, yeah, how they're trying to find this middle space. I think what I've seen is how... Um, players are using their voice for what's happening in culture. And so that's just been really awesome um, to see from the NHL all the way down the line um, for them to say, hey, we're not just here for your entertainment. We are people too, and we care what's happening in society. And so that's what has stood out to mm-hmm. me from our sports players is them using the power they have and influence in
0: culture yeah, that's an interesting difference the NBA took of of allowing people to post things on the back of their mm-hmm. jerseys that align with some social justice, uh, I think of a majority acceptable social justice. I think there are probably still some things on there that the NBA would not allow. I haven't seen anybody with a, a pro-life uh, jersey on. I don't know that that would that would fly in this current culture, but a lot to do with the racial conversation and a lot of people with Black Lives Matter or end racism or uh, justice for all, equality for all. That's you'll read that on the top. If you haven't watched the top of a NBA jersey on the back, where normally you'd have the last name of the player, uh, some players have chosen to to put a, uh, a slogan on there and then their name goes underneath their number. And you're right. It's interesting. There's um, uh, in sports, there's kind of always been this idea of, do you just want an athlete to play a sport and walk away? Or could we treat them like human beings who we've given them a platform? And so how loud a voice can they have in the culture? And I think if you look back at the history of our country, athletes can be influencers. And it's great to see people think, how can I use... The platform I've been given to influence culture for the better, and I think the the more you align with what somebody's saying, the more you agree with that. And then when somebody uses their microphone to say something you don't agree with, it can be hard to hear. But uh, and I'm talking about uh, in general, uh, you know, whether that's an Oscar speech or whether that's uh, from an actor or whether that's a jersey in the NBA. Adam, have you noticed the return of sports?
2: Yeah, I mean, um any long-time listeners will know I'm a huge fan of uh this will be controversial but uh Chelsea FC football club. Uh I'm a huge soccer fan. People know that about me.
0: Why is that controversial?
2: Um, well, you know, uh there's a lot of people supporters of different clubs out there and that can get really, you know, it can get tough. That's why. Oh, I so much you're not the only American who likes soccer. No, and I've had <laughs> listeners email me, uh, some upset and some happy with my choices. Also an <laughs> FC Dallas fan, um, you know. But so um, the Premier League, which is what I watch, which is basically the English um, soccer you know, uh, league, they started back up in mid-summer, late summer. Um, and, and so, yeah, I've noticed sports are back uh, with that. What's interesting to me, though, is watching internationally the response to the racial, I think, crisis is, is you know, uh, a one way to put it here in America. And it's just so interesting to see how they've dealt with it. So you, you watch the NBA, right? But months before that, the the stuff was happening with the NBA, which, you know, there was a lot of debate around all of that, too. That wasn't like, there was a lot of reporting on like kind of behind the scenes, how the players union was having to talk to the NBA. Do you, you, I don't know if you guys remember this, LeBron was kind of having to step up and voice some things. And that was, it was cool to watch. But like before any of that was happening in London, actually, I think all across Europe, Uh, every single league started every single match by uh, they would blow the whistle and then every single person on the field would take a knee for 15 seconds. And it wasn't Mm. even controversial. It was just like, we're going to do this to end racism. Like that's what we're about. BLM, everybody takes a knee. And it's like, it's just interesting to watch internationally. The response has been, Different. And, and anybody who's a soccer fan knows that internationally speaking too, um, soccer is fraught with racism. There's a huge racism problem that goes to their, their clubs and their supporters. Uh, it's too long to talk about, but, um, at least from the perspective of the, the ruling body there doesn't seem to be as much controversy, and there seems to be a lot of unity. And here, there seems to be so much controversy with NFL and taking a knee and all these things. It's all just so, you know, fraught with tension and everything else. And that dichotomy has been interesting to watch. That's what I'd say. That dichotomy has been really interesting to watch.
0: That's really fat. I had no idea any of that about... I yeah. mean, I, obviously, I don't watch much. I mean, maybe it's not that obvious. I don't watch a lot of International soccer really? matches. Really? Really? Uh, yeah. I, you I don't. Elizabeth, do you? No. You spend a lot of. Okay, because <laughs> I believe it involves getting up at 4 a.m. and watching gentlemen kick a ball back and forth, and eventually every once in a while scoring. Wow. <laughs> and that's just not. It's just not my thing. But I didn't know all that about the structure of the sport. I'm just. I'm. I'm just playing. Yeah. I can. I really do appreciate a good. Oh, s- I don't. It doesn't bother match. me. Look, okay. dude, the
2: Mavs made a deep run. Luca looked awesome. I don't know if anybody cares about that, but that Adam, did you watch any Mavs or not? I did
0: watch a little bit of Mavs. I know uh, our okay. producer David Roark is one of the biggest Mavs fans I know, and I know he loves him some Luca. And I watched uh, the game where he hit the the, th- the three point shot at the buzzer. It was very very exciting. And um, <laughs> what an understatement! Listening to you talk about that, oh wow. lord. Wow, he hit a, <laughs> It was amazing. It was he, an incredible. He did make a like, good shot. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> uh, I am a big sports fan. I'm excited sports is back. But to me, the king of all sports in, in the Griffin House is football. And so we haven't quite gotten there yet. At the time we're recording this, we're almost to the beginning of the NFL season, and college is just coming back online. I had some conversations with some former uh, college ballplayers today, and just talking about the season, how it's going to be different, and. Man, I'm Didn't they cancel it? Did they Uh, cancel
2: college football
0: or not? Some colleges are not playing this season. Other colleges are playing reduced schedules or only in-conference games. But there will be a version. In fact, there already has been some games of college football. Now, uh, fans, too, is going to be different. High school is the same thing. There's a high school in DFW that has already had in-person games with fans in the stands, and it was packed out. And wow. other people are not having sports. You know, it's some of it is by county, some of it by school district. You know, I don't know what rural counties are doing, but I imagine in rural counties a lot of things are maybe more normal than they are here. Um, but I'm excited about the NFL coming back as much as it's going to be weird to see NFL games with no fans. Although I've watched uh, a couple bits and pieces of the U.S. Open of tennis and they don't have fans there. It doesn't. It's not that crazy different. And I've watched a couple of um, little snippets of other sports, soccer included, Adam, where there's no fans there. And it's, you know, even the fake noise is a little bit, honestly, almost annoying, the fake noise. But the NBA, I didn't miss seeing fans there. I'm sure it's different to be a player, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, I'm excited to have sports come back. Although the sad part, I think, of having sports come back is all those things that we had freedom from the things that if you're really into sports that you literally had uh, you could not spend your time on it because it did not exist. Now all those things will come back. And what would that mean for our culture as far as the time that we, uh, I don't think sports is always a waste of time, but I do think there was an opportunity for us to think about new rhythms in our life, to think about what do we want to use our time for? And now that sports is coming back online, I worry about maybe some of those family personal rhythms uh, going right back to what they were almost like an addict returning to his drug. You know, we, we had a detox and, uh, Mm. I wonder if now post detox, if we are really resensitized to how we spend our time or if it's going to be difficult. All right. One of the other big things that happened just in the last few weeks, and I don't know about you guys, but this one, it, it shocked me for two reasons. One, I did not see it coming at all. And two, I was surprised by how emotional I got when I heard. But that is that the actor Chadwick Bozeman passed away. Elizabeth, did that catch you off guard?
1: Yeah, that... I was really sad. Um, and I generally don't get sad when celebrities die. You know, you're like... I mean, I think it's the honoring of life. I remember when Whitney Houston died and everybody yeah. was um, re-watching all her, movie, all her movies and listening to her CDs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I wasn't, but... It just, it was just really sad. Um, He meant something really significant for our culture. Um, And I think I would say specifically for African-Americans, like he was just a great actor anyway, whether it was Marshall, whether it was a James Brown movie, you know, but I think it is Black Panther that just really hit culture in one of those once-in-a-lifetime type of deals um, for an actor. And it just, that who he was and what he embodied and what he inspired um, people to be and believe in, it just, I was really sad. And I think I am a little sad. I'm wearing a Wakanda Forever sweatshirt right now. I wish I could yeah, see you me. <laughs> um, yeah, it just, it was, I think, and I feel like you grieve people at the depth at which you love them, and so just to speak of mm. how much our culture really loved him, and how much of a benefit that he had to everyone, from kids to adults. So yeah, that was That's a good. that still is a sad one for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think my first exposure to him was probably Forty Two, that Jackie Robinson. Biopic he did, which he was exceptional in. But my favorite too was was Black Panther. He was so good as Black Panther. But similar to you, I felt sad. He had uh, for those who aren't aware, I believe it was colon cancer, but it wasn't broadly known. It wasn't broadly shared. So him being, I think forty two or forty three years old, very sudden announcement, just that he had passed away. And uh, watching some of the tributes from those people who knew him who thought about him as kind of leading a whole generation of younger African-American actors and and him uh, portraying people so well. I think of two, I saw this story about at the premiere for Black Panther, uh, Denzel Washington was there. And Denzel Washington, I don't know if you know this, Adam or Elizabeth, but when Chadwick was going through acting school, apparently there was a semester or a year that he uh, came across that he could not afford. And Denzel Washington, who was one of his heroes, unbeknownst to him and not, he doesn't know, he didn't know Chadwick at the time, uh, just reached out to the acting school and paid for Chadwick's schooling, paid for his school. And so he had never met him until the premiere of Black Panther. And he tells a story obviously much better than I do. And it's a great story to go watch. But he says, he runs into Denzel Washington, who's a hero of his from an older generation of actors. And he says, hey, you don't know, you probably don't know this, but you paid for me to get through school. And Denzel says to him, uh, why do you think I'm here? You owe me money, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so brilliant. But it's just like the way he tells the story, it's so winsome. And I don't know if you've watched any of his like commencement addresses where he, he preaches. Like He'll bring out scripture and preach to people about uh, the opportunities they have in this world and making the most of them. And it just seems like, and I, I can't know, I didn't know him You know, sometimes when you see an actor a lot, you feel like you know them a little bit. And that's why, like you said, Elizabeth, it can be sad the same way, you know, when Kobe passed away, that it was sad for a lot of people because of the influence they had over them. And there's, there's something to that that can be maybe something we need to figure out in ourselves. And, and there's something else kind of endearing about saying there's a person of influence. There's an opportunity to influence many people and be loved by many people. Adam, how did it strike you? Did it catch you off guard? Did it? It
2: did. It, to- it was such a shock. We were actually having dinner. Uh, had a staff member over, and we were having dinner, and he got a text, and it was just, like, it hit pretty hard. Um, it's just crazy, you know? Like, I had no idea at all that he was sick. Like, I didn't know, any, you know, I don't know that many, to your point, Adam, I don't know that many people did, but it was shocking news, and, you know, uh, um, I think you can't, you cannot I don't I'm, I'm trying to get the phrase right you can't under understate overstate you can't overstate the importance um, of what Black Panther was that movie was for um a generation of of I think young black people that's what I would say I mean he's their superhero they're their Superman you know what I'm saying he's And then to be cut down like quick in your youth, there's like a real uh, jarring sense to that, right? Like, wait, this is our superhero. Like, how does that hat? Like, how is this possible? Kind of a thing, and that's what was happening with the the staff member I was eating with. It was just sort of saying that, Um, and I I think um, watching you know, again, 2020 has been a tough year, but I think about Kobe, then you have Chadwick and I'm just like, it's a tough year, man, and we're losing people who sort of represented like, he seemed to represent in some ways He even if it's just ideal ideally, like um, the next generation, like, you know what I'm saying? a next generation yeah. of a great actor just starting his career, and I think for everybody, whether you're White or black, I think uh, it, when you lose a celebrity, they, it forces you to sort of deal with your own mortality. And mm-hmm. so from a personal level, just like dealing with like, wait, we're fragile. Like anything can happen. We're fragile. Things can happen really quickly. Yeah. And that's such an important message for Christians especially because we are people who um, should be constantly confronting the fact that, we, that death is real. Yeah. but for Chris, for, but for Christians, death isn't the end. So, anyways, I'm I'm trying to tie it all together. No, I think yeah. you're,
0: I think you're on to something there. I think if somebody said something to me today that was really it was profound, and I hope I don't forget it. And maybe having it on this recording will help me remember. But he said, you know, people are forever, and mm-hmm. he talked about the investment we make in a lot of different things. But people are forever, and so mm-hmm. the opportunity we have to invest in people. When you're on a celebrity level like Chadwick was. Uh, or Kobe, you end up belonging to people. Like they feel like they they belong to us and they leave you wanting more. So you always expect to get more. Black Panther was not just a good acting job. It was not just a good plot. It was a great movie, but it also left you wanting more. And -hmm. now to lose Chadwick is not only to lose a man that maybe you had some attachment to or you had some sense of like he's a, a public entity, but it goes, well, what I wanted, I wanted more of, and now I can't imagine how I would get it, which is an interesting gospel principle to go, are there things in this world that I will want and will not get? Why is that? Why do, I, why do I feel unsatisfied with the version of life that I've been faced with? Why do I keep wanting more? And then what is so great about God is, yes, people are forever. So those of you who know Christ will live forever, and there will no be There'll be a time where there'll be no more tears and there'll be no more mourning and there'll be no more grieving and we get to live forever uh, with Christ. But there's also a sense in which only Christ can satisfy our desire for more and more and more. Only when Christ dies and resurrects do we see like death is not eternal, that it has been defeated and therefore our desire for more can only be granted in Christ. If we put our hope in anything else, it will always leave us wanting more. And then there is always grief and sadness. Even Christ cries at Lazarus's tomb, right? There's there's sadness to be expressed and mourning to be expressed when somebody that we love, even maybe some we don't know as well, passes away, and that's difficult. I felt like uh, the announcement of Chadwick Boseman's passing came at a very interesting time culturally. Obviously, there's a lot of political and racial tension, but also in the midst of COVID, you guys have probably seen these memes if you're ever on the internet. It's about the year 2020 and how it's just the absolute worst. And I feel (laughs) like when you have... A man that has done a good job and in, in, uh, is not like on his deathbed. You didn't hear that he had cancer. You didn't, he's not old in the sense of like dying of old age. And when he passes away and it's so shocking, it feels like par for the course for a year that's been full of disappointment. Par for the course for a year that's been really difficult for a lot of people. And I saw a lot more about like, man, 2020 is just... The worst. I mean, we need not even talk about the hurricanes and the damage that was expected last month and how maybe because we don't live in Lake Charles, we, we're not even thinking about it. But somebody out there had just the worst month ever. Their house was destroyed. The city was blown up. Their office got blown up. I mean, there's just 2020, man. People are just saying it like it's a like it's a year of calamity. But let's, before we close out this episode, let's talk a little about where we're at right now. This this cultural moment as it, it applies specifically to COVID-19 and as it applies to that virus. Um, what's, what's the word right now? We're all in different counties. Elizabeth, you're in Denton County. Adam, you're in Collin County. I'm in Dallas County. What is the general feel there? Does it feel like everybody's eager to get back? Or does it feel like people are still really, really cautious? I'm very curious, because in Dallas, I think it's going to be a little bit different. How is it for you, Elizabeth? Connecticut
1: County, um, especially the closer I get to Oklahoma, um, it feels like people are just like, we're done with COVID. So outside of people having to wear a mask to go into stores, I don't necessarily see a decrease in the amount of people in stores or the amount of people of mm. traffic or things like that. And so I think people are just really tired and want to go back to life as normal. I see a lot of people, um, hey, we're still going to go on vacation. We're still going to do the normal things that we've done before. Um, you know, I think Denton County is doing better with just our rates. And so people see that and just have some hope in that space. Um, but um, but yeah, it, just, it we don't know what to do with it because nobody knows what to do with it. Um, And we're in the middle of the chapter in the history book. Like, we just don't know how it ends. And so we're, like, our generation really hasn't had a war on American territory. Like, we just haven't had something that has ravaged us to the core where there's been so much loss, whether it is, um, these are some of the things I was thinking today connected to what you were saying, Adam. But just loss of jobs, loss of um, life. You know, the amount of people who um, have died by themselves in the hospital. Um, You could not be there with a loved one. Um, Marriages, you know, I was just on Instagram and just the amount of people who are struggling really badly or divorced or just like it's my pastor friends are talking about how they're counseling people out the wazoo because it just has just caused, it's just ravaging us. And to be okay not being okay. Um, and this weird place and I think people want to be done with it and there's this um, Instagram uh, video and it was a comedian and she was going from room to room being like you might be done with COVID but COVID is not done with you. (laughs) Like just remember it's still here. (laughs) Um, And in all seriousness it's we just it's how do we live as Christians when we have no idea what to do and we're in such pain and the pain is not going to stop anytime soon um, being comfortable living in extreme stream discomfort. Um, and so what I see in Denton County is people just trying to be as normal as possible. Um, because they're tired, which is understandable. Yeah.
0: Adam, are you seeing the same thing in Collin County?
2: Yeah, it's very, very, very similar to that. I think, um, for the most part, it's people kind of being tired of, of the loss, you know, which is understandable, you know, very tired of the loss. And uh, I think subtly the way everything, the impacts of this will be, I I don't mean to be cynical, but I think subtly the impacts are just going to be really long lasting. Whether, you know, 2021, we're not walking around with masks anymore, but I just, I don't know. I think the world's for at least for a while, the world's changed and will change in ways that will be difficult. You know, um, I think there's some, yeah, there's a lot to say, but, um, people are tired. People want to get back to normal, but they don't know when that's going to happen. Um, we've been reminded that we're not in control and that's a really hard thing to be reminded of, uh, especially when your hope is not in eternal things. Um, and, uh, I think it's exposed in many ways, um, where the idols of where the idols in all of our hearts really lie to Elizabeth's point about marriages falling apart about yeah. um you know depression and anxiety and all those things increasing, and we're certainly certainly seeing that you know we're certainly yeah. seeing that,
0: yeah, yeah, we are too. We're seeing a lot of marriages that are in really hard places. a lot of people turn back to addictions that has been really, yep. really difficult to deal with, and necessarily just a lot of despair, I think. Uh, you know, the media sure doesn't help, but hopefully it's honest reporting, but it is a ton of just despairing, awful. I mean, a part of the countries right now it's fires. There's certainly still protests. There's, there's certainly still oppression. There's, there's, um, uh, videos every day of somebody losing their temper on somebody about something. And it's just, it just seems despairing. I saw a video today of Portland where like the, the, the smoke in the air was so thick from the fires that the, like the sun couldn't shine through it. It was red. The sky was red. And uh, my brother in Colorado, there was just smoke blowing everywhere from fires there. And I mean, between hurricanes, fires, racial tension, COVID-19, politics, it just, it's a recipe for somebody that was already feeling on the edge of just a really hard time to be pushed over the edge pretty easily. And so as ministers to be aware of that. And I, I want to end with some encouraging the things here, but I think too, you know, there's some, there's some good that has come from these last six months as well. I don't want to all be discouraging. I think there's been a lot of families that have recognized the opportunity they have to, to create their own rhythms, not be at the mercy of whatever the, the school or the sport wants them to do. There's been a lot of, uh, um, Honestly, there's been some marriages that I've gotten to oversee and officiate that have been so sweet because it's intimate. And instead of having this crazy celebration that it became about spending money, that instead it became about, man, celebrating this relationship. And that was was really sweet. And I'll tell you, I have some friends too that are uh, disabled permanently or temporarily. And it felt like the ability to get curbside pickup for them at any restaurant has been a huge blessing. And I just think of those small things I just wouldn't think of because it's not my world. I have no problem walking to a restaurant and sitting down, but there are other people with agoraphobia or people with, you know, hurt legs or, uh, uh inabilities, uh, that has made curbside pickup has been wonderful. And I'll tell you as an introvert too, I kind of like being able to pull up to a restaurant and have somebody bring me my food. I don't mind that one bit. But what, are the, what encouragement can you give to you know, our, our listeners out there, Elizabeth, in this time what has been difficult, what, what can we say as uh, gospel ministers that we can say, hey, here's some genuine encouragement?
1: Uh, I think, and Mason King um, preached at TVC this past Sunday, and he preached about some of this, and he said, the gospel has made it through a lot worse. Um, And so Mm -hmm. God is not stopped with what he's trying to do. And so that he is continuing to work. And I think what we see is his hand in the really small things. And so what's really important, I've just enjoyed the time I've got to spend with the small group of people, Um, uh, an appreciation to not always be in the streets, (laughs) but to be at home (laughs) and to have better rhythms and to take care of myself and to um, find new hobbies and and think... always think of it as like how do I enjoy God's creation and all the beautiful things that are out here for us to enjoy and so I'm out here reading Harry Potter um, because that's just what the person (laughs) with no TV does Um, and so (laughs) what does it mean for us to see his hand in the really small things that he still sustains he still encourages us the the benefit of churches being virtual and so is being able to, whether it's a Facebook Live or you have a full-blown production team, that the gospel is going out globally in ways it has never before. Um, and so people who ha- are isolated for reasons that will remain after COVID is said and done can still be engaged in church community. And so I think the creativity of Christians in this season has really been encouraging to me. It's like, we're not going to stop. We're still going to share the gospel. We're still going to, whether it's a drive-through or... Um, Come get communion in the park um, with your elder. Um, all those fun things. It's like, we're still yeah. going to do this. And so I think that that shows me there's hope and that we have the perseverance we need with the Lord to keep going. And in the midst of the hard, he's still there. And so I think to see the small things um, to me is a reminder of God's presence and what will be um, even in the midst of what is right now.
0: Amen got some creative churches. We got a creative God and what a sweet time to be reminded of that. Well, Culture Matters listeners, I'm looking forward to a full season of talking through all the fun and encouraging things the Lord is doing around us and helping you navigate some of the most difficult things we're seeing in our culture. That's why we're here. We're here to help and we'll do our best. Uh, Certainly not perfectly, but always trying to follow our perfect God together. So thanks for tuning in this week and I'm looking forward to talking with you again soon. Today's episode was recorded and mixed by Chris Darrett and produced by David Rourke. If you like what you heard, please give us a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you don't like what you heard, you don't have to review us. That would actually be very kind. Thank you. Also, follow us on Instagram. Support our patron page, patron.podbean.com slash culturematters. Thank you, guys. God bless you.